1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard on the eve of another big weekend in Scottish football. Stephen Gerrard's questioning the point in having referees at all if we continue with so much retrospective punishment. Neil Lennon says Celtic's performance at St Mirren should be the benchmark for the rest of the season. And Kyle Lafferty signs for Kilmarnock. I'm Gordon Duncan. Joining me tonight in the studio is Jim Duffy. And from home, it's Hugh Evans. Stephen Gerrard's correct when he says that referees need a hand. Neil Lennon's correct when he says Celtic and Rangers are under greater scrutiny than any other clubs, but players need to do their bit as well. Sometimes they are guilty as charged, not just Celtic and Rangers players, all of them. So get ready for another weekend of fun and games. For a start, Kyle Lafferty's back in Scottish football at Kilmarnock, and Kyle has never knowingly walked past the controversy. Fun and games is one way of putting it. Uh, Jim Duffy, yes, lots of big football to be played this weekend. Will there be drama and controversy? Probably. Yeah, I mean, I think, you, you, listen, we've always had, uh, you know, uh, controversy, you know, f- f- for, forever, whenever there's football, there's always been debate, but uh, I've said before, Gordon, the, the reason why it's, it's so intense at this moment in time is because, obviously, the, the amount of cameras at games now, the focus is on the two big teams, there's no doubt about it, and obviously social media as well, so there's enough a lot of avenues now where people can express their views very quickly, and that builds a really a crescendo of criticism to the, either the governor or Govern, uh, governing authorities or to the players concerned 0141-951-1025 that is the number to get in touch tonight so let's hear from you right now you can tweet as well at Clyde SSB how are you Hugh Keevans first and foremost the, the vaccinated one you told us uh, earlier on in the week and then you were struck down in your prime because you had a power cut on Monday and we lost you for the last half an hour of the show you've never sounded better well uh, I have no control over the snow uh, but thankfully all is well and uh, looking forward to the weekend some great games Gordon you know Kyle Lafferty back at Ibrooks in a Kilmarnock jersey Aberdeen trying to get a, a win for Derek McInnes but playing Jim Goodwin St Mirren the, the El Clasico of Lanarkshire Motherwell and the Ackies and the Livy bubble burst when St Johnston beat them can Dundee United beat them tomorrow at Tannadice as well and Jim Duffy further news on the lower leagues this week which is obviously your area of involvement currently certainly no football for the rest of this month what's your reaction to that? Yeah, not not a surprise, um, Gordon. Uh, I don't think anyone really thought that there was going to be Ed because you know there was no change um, in the government situation, and until that happens, then I don't see you know the lower leagues having any opportunity to come back playing again. But the longer it goes, the more difficult it becomes. There's obviously a suggestion that they could play half a season, so in other words, eighteen games. Uh, again, I, I I just think that that'd be a bit farcical. But um, listen, you know it's uh, it's you know the powers that be ultimately decide. But that's certainly not going to happen for the next couple of weeks. So you're talking even the the, the best case scenario would probably be mid March. Right, oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. Give us a call right now and let us know what's on your mind. I'm thinking of uh, applying a rule that we dreamt up halfway through the show last night, which is if you want to come on and talk about retrospective punishment, you need to make a footballing point as well. You need to talk about something else as well as the compliance system, just for a bit of fun, just to give everyone a little bit of light relief 
life in these difficult times. That's the challenge for you tonight, right? You're more than welcome to moan, more than welcome. Let's just see if we can do something else alongside it. 01419511025. Stephen Gerrard suggesting there may be no need for referees soon if the Scottish FA keep on with retrospective punishment. He says the men in the middle need help, though, to get decisions right at the time and says there are inconsistencies in who gets cited. In terms of the SFA, we'll try and be as big a support as we can to try and improve things, not just for Rangers or for me, but for everyone connected to Scottish football, because I think it's clear there's, there's many inconsistencies. There's challenges that are worse than Kamar's. Uh, there's situations that are worse than the Ajeti ones that don't even get looked upon. That's not right for, for football up in Scotland, so we have to find a better level of consistency. There's certain wording and certain language that the, the incident wasn't seen or it wasn't seen clearly. And blah, blah. There was a yellow card given. There was a referee five yards away and there was a yellow card given. So you can't days or hours after the game change your mind or have someone else or three guys come and re-referee the game. Well, if that's, that's to say, what's the point of us having referees? Why don't we just have no referees and we'll just make all the decisions days and hours after the game and we'll go from there? It's not right. It's not right. It doesn't happen anywhere else. We've got to trust and support the referees. And, you know, they're going to make mistakes. They're human beings. We need to get them support in whatever ways we can and, and then go from there. Otherwise, you're going to continue to get inconsistencies. Certain clubs are going to get treated different from others because they're on the TV more, because they're more high profile. And the situation is not going to change unless we all collectively uh, support the SFA and, and the officials in, in getting them the necessary support to be better and more consistent. What do you make of that, Hugh? Yeah, we've got our anomalies, uh, there's no doubt about that. We have our court of second opinion, uh, which is uh, the, the court that dealt with a Yeti and the roof this week. But this is not exclusive to Scottish football. I think if Stephen looks down home for him to England, they have VAR, they still have controversies, they have a referee who will not referee tomorrow because he's had a death threat. So... Even with their more sophisticated system, it does not lead to a trouble-free life down south. But yes, we are in a bit of a state just now, but sometimes, as I say, players are guilty. Kamar Roof, I think, was guilty. I think that Albion Ayeti got away with one, uh, with what happened at Kilmarnock. So yes, the system is not perfect, and I know that Stephen has advocated full-time referees I'm not entirely sure that clears the problem overnight because, as I say, Mike Dean's a full-time referee and he can't referee tomorrow because he's had a death threat. I think in terms of the bit that doesn't happen elsewhere is probably that that upgrading. That's the bit that seems to be frustrating everyone, the kind of notion of, of yellow card and up to a red. There's lots to get through with this as there has been for the last... What seems like six months It's probably only been a couple of weeks But it feels like we've been on about this for quite some time Let's bring in um, David Who's a Rangers fan in Pollock Shields Hi David uh, Hi guys, Gordon, Jim Hi David Hugh. How are you? Safe and well. Same to you David, Good, David. Lovely uh, Yeah, no, it's just a, as you say The whole discussion about the, the officiating and everything else And uh, I'm not going to go on anymore about whether uh, Roof or Morelos for red cards and I think we're, we're oh, already good. Thank goodness <laughs> And I all this I just think the overall picture um, I am actually for VAR And I'll tell you why the, the technology itself The theory behind VAR is perfectly sound We use video footage to capture the incidents within the game And then uh, make sure that the big decisions are called in the right way um, the reason why VAR is so flawed at the moment is it seems to take forever for people to come to a decision. 
which uh, are also, uh, you know, the, the lack of clarity, I think, within the rules. I think the rules uh, regulations need looked at again within the game and maybe simplified a bit more. But for instance, you look at the offside rule in the last, what, 15 to 20 years, we've seen it getting chopped and changed and mm-hmm. messed around. Is he offside? Is he interfering with play? Is he no interfering with play? Is his finger offside? Is his toe offside? All this nonsense. It's, it is an absolute nonsense. We've turned what used to be an absolute black and white rule, i.e., Ball's played forward. If anybody in the attacking side is in an offside position, flag goes up, you're offside. End of story. And we've turned that into a huge grey area. That along with whether something's a yellow card, a red card, do you mm-hmm. you know, what one do you look at, what one do you not look at? What's the what's the what who judges what cases get looked at, what incidents get looked at, what don't get looked at? It seems to mm-hmm. me there's no clarity right now within the actual uh, official rules and regulations and, and who's controlling it. So for me, be any flaws with VAR are purely human flaws. And if you can solve that problem, VAR is an absolute must-have. And, it, and if you couple that with clarifying the rules better mm. and making things more black and white rather than the grey area that exists at the moment, the officials are going to be much, much better off because mm. everybody's going to know What's this? What's that? Mm-hmm. And then make the decisions based on that. In terms of the laws of the game that David mentions, though, like whether it be offside or you know mm-hmm. that that's IFAB, that's way yeah. out, way out with mm-hmm. our control. We will never be able to to change that, or certainly mm-hmm. not quickly. Um, but I, I suppose the bit that, that we can mm-hmm. control, you've played. Managers always tell us about control the controllables and all that sort mm-hmm. of stuff. Something Stephen Gerrard mentions there, the wording. I can't mm-hmm. get away from it. I listen to all the calls, all the pundits. That is the bit that is definitely causing the most difficulty. Mm-hmm. This idea that a referee can see it, but didn't mm-hmm. really see it, mm-hmm. and then it gets upgraded if the referee mm-hmm. missed it and if the panel agree and so on. Mm-hmm. That is the bit that Stephen Gerrard refers to as being something that, that doesn't happen mm-hmm. elsewhere. Yeah, but the thing is, Gordon, it's, it's, it's David, you know, he, he'll put his um, you know, case for VAR. Someone else will put a case against VAR. Uh, the bottom line is a referee, whether a referee in a studio somewhere looking at the game or on pitch and even going back to it in a VAR monitor, still has to make a decision. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in, in Scotland, obviously, it's later. Um, so that's part of the reason why I don't agree with Stephen Gerrard saying that uh, you're re-refing because the games are re-refed anyway. Whether re-refed in a, in a few minutes... Um, as in down south or in Europe uh, at the, the top leagues or whether a refereed further down the line I'm with you in the sense of the one thing I think it could be clearer is if, if the referee sees it and makes a decision end of story for me we take that yes, bit yeah don't upgrade because then the referee sees you know, yeah again someone further down the line will be moaning and saying, oh, but that was a terrible tackle but if we've made that rule clear then that's it mm-hmm. end of story for me that would be the simplest way to look at it if an off-the-ball incident occurs and the referee doesn't see it, that's different. Someone elbows someone mm-hmm. off the ball, camera goes on it. The second part, which is more difficult for, for, for Rangers and Celtic, and I think uh, I think um, you know uh, Fraser Wisher had said to you, there's generally about 16 cameras at the old Firm game and usually mm-hmm. about four cameras at some of the other games. So it is... There is an unfair disparity uh-huh. because the, the cameras might not have caught something that another camera would. Yeah. So 
there is an unfair situation when it comes to old firm games. But when, for when me, it, that it, would be that, the case. Is that specifically on, on retrospective issues, mm. though? Because I'll just stick up for fans of Diddy mm. teams everywhere. I can hear mm. them all laughing mm. in their dinner right now at the mm. suggestion that Rangers and Celtic are hardest hit by mm. referees. But no, you're talking retrospective. Yeah, I'm, I'm talking about the fact is that there is more opportunity to see a variety of things when in you're an old telly yeah. right? Yeah, um, because because there's more cameras in the game. That, that's, that's simple, simple arithmetic. David, Jim's talking about VAR. You do go back and look at the incident, but you just look at it a couple of minutes later, whereas we. We wait a couple of days Which causes its own drama So if that was the case Would you be happy then If VAR was in place here Presumably Presumably Alfredo Morelos Walks at Tanadice He, he walks at Easter Road And Kamar Roof walks At Ibrox against St Johnson But as a Rangers fan you'd, you'd be able to stomach that more I'll tell you why Going back to what I said About clarifying the rules And, and Jim made the point there as well It's about You know Getting the rules right And getting what is going to be called? What isn't going to be called? What is a red card? What isn't a red card? Because I believe that if VAR had been in place, yes, Morelos would have got a red card. I also believe Darren McGregor would get a red card in the same game. And many others would receive their cards. And I'll tell you something else. You, if you get it in and you do it right and you do it proper and you iron out the kinks, learn for the mistakes done in England. Pay attention to what's going on in Europe and learn for it and make sure that we, when we do introduce it, if we do introduce it, we get it right, and I'll guarantee you that you'll start to see a lot less bad tackles. I think. I think that the players will they'll eventually come to a point where they'll have to. You know, they'll think, well, you know, if I come at this foul, they'll, they'll fight twice. About see, it, see to be fair though, David, and I'm, I'm sort of breaking my own rule here about pouring over old uh, old incidents, but it's because you brought it up. I, you have just made a very big assumption, right? And I'll tell you what it was. You said that if we had VAR, Alfredo Morelos would have been sent off at Easter Road. But so would Darren McGregor How do you know that? Because remember Three former referees Looked at Darren McGregor's incident And thought that it wasn't worthy Of retrospective punishment So what if the referee on the night Had the same difference of opinion As those guys? We wouldn't be any further forward Yeah well I suppose that's a fair point But again I think that comes down to the Again clarifying You know I mean why exactly? I mean I don't think they've ever actually Came out yet and said well, the reason why Darren McGregor was exactly this or exactly that. You know, there's still this veil. You know, there's still this non-transparency about why did McGregor not get a retrospective red card? Why have other players who have committed similar offences and sometimes worse offences got away with it retrospectively mm-hmm. and yet others haven't, you know? It's that lack of clarity. Hugh Keevans, could you not give up... a Small portion of your massive show fee every week and fund VAR for Scottish football just for a season, just to see how it goes. Well, VAR was supposed to be about minimum fuss, maximum efficiency. It's clearly not that way. And if it was introduced here, which it will not for financial reasons, but if it was introduced here, VAR would be okay if your team got the decision and VAR would be bad if your team did not get the decision. When Jim Duffy and I were young men, when Stephen Gerrard was in the Liverpool youth team, when Neil Lennon was playing for Crew Alexandra, the referee was the final arbiter. People today will not accept the referee being the final judge and will not accept the decisions he makes. And that's why we're in the mess we're in. Okay. On that note, we'll leave it there for a second, Jim. That was David and Pollock Shields. Thank you very much. 01419511025. Great time to call, though. We could be speaking to you next. 
You are the voice of Scottish football. Call 0141 951 1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Jim Duffy and Hugh Keevens are here. Still plenty of time to get your calls in. We're here until 8 o'clock. 0141 951 1025 If you want to talk Compliance or retrospective Punishment The floor is yours Let's see if we can do A little bit of football In amongst that as well Just in case People are starting To get fed up of it Because there is every chance uh, But it's difficult Big clubs are talking about it Big names are talking about it What you meant to do Stephen Gerrard Speaking about it today He also uh, Says Scott Arfield Could return to action tomorrow He's been out since Boxing day And Jermaine Defoe's back in contention as well Scott Arfield Trained yesterday With the group For the first time um, and he'll train again this morning. We'll make a decision on Scott later today. But he has missed seven weeks. Um, but he came back yesterday and was 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 great to watch. He brought real enthusiasm and personality to the session. It's great to see him back smiling and and really being close to being ready to go. So that's a big boost for us. Um, obviously, Kamar will, will will miss the game, and Alfredo will serve um, his last game. Jermaine Defoe uh, trained yesterday as well. Um, you know, Jermaine's been out for two, was it two and a half, three weeks now. So um, he, he's more ready, if you like. So he'll come into the squad tomorrow, Jermaine, all being well today. Um, so we're in, we're in a good place in terms of the health and the availability of the squad. But obviously, we've still got a, a couple of suspensions that we need to serve. Right, Darren is a Rangers fan on the line. Let's, let's try even for 30 seconds, Darren, to do that football bit first. You've got a big game against Kilmarnock tomorrow. Stephen Gerrard's talking about... Scott Arfield, amongst others, perhaps returning. What do you think of that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, good evening, panel. Oh. Um, it's just um, I would go with the strongest team. Uh, I, I stress on it. Obviously, the game against Hamilton um, wasn't really um, Gerard's strongest team. Yes, he's playing someone down the bottom of the table. He's probably thinking, mm, I don't really need my strong team out. Um, but I would say against Command up tomorrow, we obviously laugh at it in that team, get that strongest team out, um, get the win over the line, um, start Davis and Jack right from the start, and Arfield, if he's available, bring him in. Yeah. Um, but I, I would give Wee White uh, right a start. Um, because I'd, obviously I liked him when he came on at Hamilton just to see what the panel think about that It's funny um, Hugh how things go when you get yourself into such a position you have a wee off day and then people not necessarily saying Darren but people start talking about Rangers you know hoping for a reaction or you know playing the strongest team and that sort of thing it, 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 was, a, it was a slip up I'm sure last week looking at the league table nothing more um, but yeah th- tomorrow want to go out and, and show that they're, they're back if, if, if that's in any doubt whatsoever Yeah I don't think Stephen Gerrard could have been any more condemnatory when it came to his own team after the game against Hamilton Aki's so he admitted that he took too much personality and quality out of the side had to bring it on later on in the game. I'm sure that Jack and Davis will start tomorrow. Not bad having Jermaine Defoe about the place, a man with 300 career goals to his credit. Uh, It will be the best side that Stephen Gerrard can send out. He will be aware of Kilmarnock and the vulnerability of their position, but also the arrival of Kyle Lafferty. So all of those factors will go towards Rangers picking their strongest team without question. Although there is no roof for Morelos Just in case you haven't heard Jim Duffy There's yeah. a one or two wee incidents um, They won't play And Darren on the line is talking about Maybe Scott Wright He he was happy with the cameo at Hamilton Yeah I mean it's, it's, I think that the, the one thing about Scottish football is that 
you can almost write off um, a result or a performance at times because, for instance, Hamilton lost two very late goals against Ross County when the you know was a massive match for them. You would have thought that would have you know devastated their confidence, but they went to Rangers and looked as if that's a team brimming with confidence. Although Rangers were very poor, all credit to Hamilton the way they approached it. And I think Kilmarnock will be similar. I think you know when Tommy Wright went in there, they're always. You know, they're always hard to beat anyway. He said he's selling, he's a bit of firepower. That's the reason why he brings in Kyle Lafferty. But they will be organised, they will be mm-hmm. a real strong structure about them, and they will make it difficult for Rangers. So, somebody like Scott Wright playing in, in those little pockets might be something, but that would mean Stephen Jenner would have to slightly tweak, I think, the way he would, he would normally play. He normally plays 4 3 3, you know, with Kent and either Hadji or Rebo or whoever it is wide, and then a, a striker, whether that's the four, whether it's Etan. So, you know, right, if he, if he does play him, he likes to play off a striker into those little pockets. So, you know, again, it is something that that's part of the reason why he's brought him because he gives him a different type of player, a different type of option, goes in behind, does try to link up the play a little bit like Scott Arfield can do at times, but from a deeper line position. So, yeah, I'm interested to see, but I, I, I think that Rangers should have had much um, more quality, sorry, had enough quality on the pitch to win the game against Hamilton if they played anywhere near the level but they were way below and I love both interviews I love Stephen Gerrard's uh, interview and Al I lo- absolutely love the Alan McGregor's interview because that to me is what winning and winning titles is all about is, is being being a bad loser you have to be a bad loser and he certainly showed that Darren is this I'm not expecting Rangers fans to be happy about the absence of Morelos and Roof but a little extended run for Cedric Eaton to show what he can do is that something you'd welcome is that something you, an opportunity you think he'll be able to grasp Yes, yes, um, certainly. Um, Eaton will be able to grasp that. Um, on the, and another quick point, um, you know, Morelos needs to, you know, um, learn and he needs to, you know, calm down um, because the, the, some of the challenges, you know, is, is just horrific, you know, and, and he's very lucky not to see red, you know, and, and, and he just needs to calm down, you know, and I don't know if, if Gerard, you know, the way he speaks to him, you know, when he gets three game bans, you know, something more serious needs to happen if Morelos keeps this up, in my opinion. Um, so you know, it's uh, hopefully you know, fingers crossed that he comes back and he's learned something. You know, yeah, time will tell. I think that's the last game, isn't it, of the band? So we would want to watch going forward. What are your thoughts generally? Then you've heard of you know the manager today talking about is there any need for referees if we keep going back and dishing out retrospective punishment? What's your take on that? Um, take on that, I am obviously the other caller, and it was one I would I would like VAR on Scotland, but obviously with the money we have such situation in Scotland is it might not might not be convenient, um, but you know I think VAR maybe the way forward um, eventually. Um, so uh, yeah, I'm I'm a big voter on the, the the VAR. I must admit. Yeah, so I, the same question asked to your fellow Rangers fan because there's a frustration, and it's not just from Rangers by the way, but because they're the ones that are involved, they're the ones that are frustrated or, or the loudest because they're getting asked about it the most about the the retrospective thing. That would VAR though have resulted in in your team going down to ten men in three games, and and if so, I wonder if you'd feel as in favour of it then. Yes, yes, it would have seen as going down to um, um, 10 men and, and I certainly don't shy away, you know, if it's a red card or a yellow card or, you know, if it was a red card, it definitely was, it should have been off the park and, and we got away with one. Um, so yes, I, I do um, think that VAR um, would be a big help in Scottish football um, for that reason. Okay, um, fair enough. Thank you very much. That was Darren on the line. Pleasure to speak to you, Darren. Hopefully you'll do it again soon. 0141951. 1025 and on Twitter we are at Clyde SSB um, 
Hugh, the the emotions of the title race. I think most people expected them to be a bit more fraught at this stage, maybe neck and neck coming off and checking for the other one's result. And you just wonder what the mindset is for for Rangers now when you approach the game tomorrow. Is it is it simply about just getting it done as quickly as possible, and it, which just always leads you back to that cliche of one game at a time, which I, I hate, but I feel like you can you kind of have to acknowledge that here. Well, I think Stephen Gerrard, a man of the highest professional standards, will have get in about his players because of their lacklustre performance at Hamilton. They've had a full week of training. I fully understand they're without Kamar Roof and uh, Alfredo Morelos, but there's plenty of quality left to get on the park tomorrow. I think Stephen Gerrard will be hammering home that message. Look, you let yourselves down last weekend. There is still a title to be won. It is still to be got over the line. And I think Kilmarnock stand to pay the price for Rangers' bad performance at Hamilton. Uh, let's bring in Brian, who's a Rangers fan, on the line. What's on your mind tonight, Brian? Yeah, thanks for having me on. Yeah, I hope you're all staying safe. Oh, good, thanks. Yeah, uh, well, I've got two points. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, one in VAR, which I'll, I'll, I'll give to you after my football point. Sure. Uh, regarding the... The, the last caller uh, I'm a certain vintage I was 60 last week So I, I can remember Celtic 9 in a row Through the 60s and 70s I can remember Celtic winning them 9 And then Rangers winning their first for 10 years uh, So I think a few Rangers fans Because we played so poorly on Sunday But I've got a theory Why we, we played So poorly mm-hmm. On Sunday uh, there is no doubt the gap. There's human beings. Uh, I've been told the league's won. The league's not won yet, but Rangers are in such a strong position. I can't see them blowing it at all. But I think some Rangers fans out there are kind of panicking because we're maybe not playing in the same zest that we were earlier in the season. Uh, we've got a big squad. And we have to use all this, play your strongest team. Well, we've got 10 league games to go. And there's no doubt uh, Stephen and the coaching staff will, will have the players ready uh, for the, those games. And he will play his strongest team available. But you can't have a big squad and not use that squad. Now, when I seen the team last week, I was pretty comfortable with it. Uh, he was given players that didn't have enough game time. The the problem last Sunday was that Hamilton are fighting for their lives. And on that particular day, they really had a go and certainly deserved at least a point out of the game. Yeah, uh, let me put that to Jim then. So, um, I may be putting words in Brian's mouth to an extent, so forgive me, but the, the notion of you know the gap, would Rangers have performed like that at Hamilton? Say Celtic had won convincingly on Saturday and moved a point behind them or, or moved level... We'll never know, but what's your? Yeah, what's I don't. Kind of... I don't really get the the, the big um, debate about the strongest team. I think there was really only two players, really. You know, you might have went Zunga and um, and Etan might not have started, but the rest of the players are. You know, I think it was the leaving out of of Jack and Davis, wasn't it? That no, seemed Jack's to get been, most Jack's of the been out injured for weeks and weeks most and, of ha- the Rangers and, and fans hardly, on. you know, hadn't he played in, in in the last couple of months? Really, I mean, Davis is is immense, absolutely immense, and he's he'd be a miss at any time, but. Nevertheless, you know, if you look at Rangers players and as you mentioned there, the squad that they've got, the, 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 to me, no, it's not about Hamilton and Hamilton played brilliant and we said that and deserve all the credit. 
but Rangers don't underperformed and you know that's the bottom line whether they were complacent whether they just thought listen something will, you know, will, will automatically click um, but if you look at the Rangers team and the Rangers squad there's not that many guys have won a champion you know a, a title you know and I think that's the thing that Alan McGregor was so angry about and saying listen we need to get this title done it's alright talking about it it's alright everyone else saying it we can say it we all think the title's done but mm-hmm. in the dressing room that probably does seep through so I think it's been more the mentality uh, that, and, and that's what Steven Gerrard has, has obviously been disappointed in. the mentality wasn't right last week I don't think it was anything to do we're leaving a couple of players out. I think it was an overall mentality because if you looked at that game last week, other than Alan McGregor, there wasn't any Rangers player that played anywhere near. So for me, when you've got that amount of players playing below form, it had to be in their heads before the game. And and you know, and again, I'm with you. I think you'll see a response against Kilmarnock um, tomorrow. Right, Brian, the disciplinary situation. Talk to us. For the VAR, uh, I mean, the disciplinary. Uh, the compliance thing is just the state's life out of me. It really does. Uh, but that's where we are at the moment. As far as VAR's concerned, uh, when it first started, when we first seen it in England uh, last season, uh, it, to me they were taking too long to get decisions. Now they're getting the decisions quicker, but the only decisions that they get right completely is offside. Now they can get that they know if somebody's offside by a millimetre. Okay, so you're either onside or offside. Mm-hmm. Goal line technology, the ball's either over the line or it's not. There's no subjectiveness there. But recently, uh, Southampton, a player sent off uh, in the game against Man United, but he beat 9 0. Yep. It was, uh, I think it was eighth goal, right, penalty, sent off. And the whoever was doing VAR told the referee to go to the monitor. He went to the monitor. And upheld the sending off. And then it went to their compliance system two days later and it was overturned. It's subjective. I don't think VAR, to me, VAR only gets offside. Right, right. 100%. Everything else Mm -hmm. is down to the people that are actually watching it. So I don't think it particularly works. Yeah, that's a fair point, Hugh. And I think that's something I've been trying to, to keep bringing up is the fact that no one is robots Every incident is different So whilst there is Any element of subjectivity You're actually not Ever going to get The type of consistency That people imagine Or that people keep talking about Where we can maybe Clear it up Is what Stephen Gerrard said The wording This idea that you can See an incident But didn't really see it And that's the one That gets looked at afterwards Would that not be A good place to start Because if, it seems like VAR would just give us A, a different type of drama Yeah, I mean, I am completely and utterly cynical. VAR is of no use to Scotland. We are the world capital of suspicion. VAR's good if your team get the verdict. VAR's bad if your team don't get the verdict. Uh, I understand Stephen Gerrard's frustration about procedural matters. Referee gives yellow card. Two days later, no. We're having a look at that. And off we go, and a a three-person tribunal look at it and say, no, it should have been a red card, etc., etc. I understand Stephen Gerrard's frustration. For me... Well, hold on, just on that then, what, what is that then? Is that is that all about, is it just about the timing? Um, or is it about the fact that we don't know, you know, if all incidents are looked at and so on? Because even from Stephen Gerrard, I'm not... In many ways, we are, if you look at, if it's Ruth or Morelos or whatever, in most people's mind, we have actually arrived at the right outcome. 
But it's about are, are we always doing that? Are we applying it in the same way every time? When when Stephen Gerrard was being slightly sarcastic and saying, well, why bother having referees at all? Why not just referee the game after the game's finished and so on? I understand his frustration. Brian describes himself as a man of a certain vintage. I'm 10 years older than Brian. Oh. If we had a return to the days when the referee's decision is final, Stephen Gerrard would go away and say, he's hopeless, that referee. Or Neil Lennon would say it. Or Tommy Wright would say it. But we'd all move on. But now we want forensic examination. We want the court of second opinion. How many people have to look at a particular incident? And then when they do deliver their verdict, there's a row over it as well. If the referee was the final arbiter, if if Rangers played badly at Hamilton and people said, bad day, it might be better next week against Kilmarnock. But they don't. We're assessing the Hamilton game, analysing the Hamilton game with forensic intensity, as if there's no such thing as a good day and then you had a bad day. I, mean, I get that, but then at the same time, and we're a bit short on time here, you run the risk of being completely left behind. I can't think of any sport, any sport that doesn't embrace technology to make decisions, Jim, briefly. I mean, anything. Yeah. What is it? Rugby, tennis, yeah, cricket, yeah, yeah, Formula yeah, One. Yeah. Listen, VAR will come in eventually when we can afford it. Because the, you know FIFA and UEFA are yeah. not going to backtrack on that. All right, thank you very much to Brian. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. Celtic fans, let's hear from you. Neil Lennon says the St Mirren performance needs to be the benchmark for the rest of the season. What do you make of that? What did you see in that performance? Do you think it can be replicated going forward? We'll hear from him next. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. This is Scottish football's league leader, Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Jim Duffy and Hugh Keevans are here. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. Hugh Keevans, are you definitely still with us? Yes, I am. The snow caused havoc on Monday night. It gave it. Was it a power cut? Did it knock your broadband out? One of both, uh, perhaps. Not- Knocked everything out Knocked the local garage out uh, Nobody could get in for petrol or anything They were devoid of electricity Knocked everything out The Red Cross was dropping parcels into the Keevans household I just, That's it ah, come on, He's getting <laughs> off caviar stocked away to keep him going um, But yeah I'm just wondering if the, the snow is going to be kinder to you tonight It's not been too kind um, on the football this weekend already Ross County um, against Hibs already postponed due to the weather I noticed Inverness they've, all, they've had another game off mm-hmm. 11 games they've played this season I think it is Jim And some teams in the championship Are about to move on To 16, 16 games yeah. played uh, Poor old Inverness Only played 11 what can Well you do? I mean a, I think it was at Braemar last night Minus 23 So I think that If you're up at Inverness You probably get your games played By about August uh, We do have Championship tonight Queen of the South Welcoming Hearts um, Andy Halliday's set to be In the studio tomorrow uh, Keeping his company On a Saturday afternoon Is his backside still sore After uh, uh, Robin Nielsen Gave it a bit of a kicking I, I, I read that Yeah I read mm. it we'll maybe, we'll maybe take him to task mm. On that tomorrow and, and find out what was happening Right let's hear from Neil Lennon Celtic fans What about the performance Against St Mirren Can that be the benchmark Going forward Are you confident that a corner of some sort has been turned Even if it is too late for winning the league or whatever How do you see the rest of the season playing out? Neil Lennon thinks exactly that That's the benchmark They head to St Johnston on Sunday Having uh, refound a bit of winning form We need to build momentum Not get carried away We've got to be consistent And we've got to that, That's the level that we knew they can play at And they haven't done that enough this season that's the level we were at this time last year. I'm not saying we've turned the corner by any stretch of the imagination, but um, 
yeah, I just felt there was a feeling there that yeah, we were really good, really strong and really hungry. Uh, Hugh, improvements, I guess, for most people. Is, is that is that the reality? Benchmark, try and repeat that. There's a funny thing about that game midweek. You know, a friend of mine who's a Celtic fan texted me during the first half and said he thought Celtic were abysmal. Uh, and then they came to life second half, uh, certainly in the, the last 10 minutes of the game, and, and the, the scoreline was flattering for Celtic. Was it actually a true representation of the whole game? I'm not sure. I think Celtic are in a vacuum, Gordon. I think the fans want this season to be over and done with. They want the new season, they want new players, and I suspect they want a new manager. So, yes, they're quite happy to see Celtic score four goals, but by and large, this season's a write-off. Yeah, I mean, I think there was there was, there was patches in the game where, I um, mean, particularly the goals. I mean, a couple of the goals in particular were very, very good, slick, sharp, typical, you know, Celtic, you know... A season ago, you know that type of football. And I think that's probably what to please Neil Neil Lennon uh, more than anything. As I said, the type of goals, the the quality of the finishes, Rogers' finish, Christie's finish, uh, Turnbull. You know, I mean, really, really good goals, good finishes. So I think that type of thing he wants more of on a more regular basis. And the fact is, they were clinical. There's been a f- too many games this year where they haven't been clinical. And also another clean sheet. So defensively, they look a little bit better. I definitely think there's been signs of improvement over the last three or four games, but there's still a, a lot of work ahead. And, um, you know, up at uh, St. Johnston on Sunday, I think it'll be tricky. I think the pitch will be a wee bit uh, trickier to play on. And I think that, you know, conditions again could play a part. And St. Johnston obviously got the cup final to look forward to. So their mm. players will be, you know, wanting to make sure they're in uh, they're in uh, Callum Davison's thoughts for that. All right, 0141-951-1025. Barry is a Celtic fan from Barhead. Was that the benchmark for the rest of the season? Um, Neil Lennon says it was. Barry, do you agree? In a word, no. Um, I don't agree. I thought it was, in patches it was okay, but no. Um, I don't think I don't think that's the benchmark. Uh, we scored a couple of goals towards the end, but I wasn't impressed. I'm still not impressed. Uh, quite a lot of things is still not ringing true with me for the, the team. Um, and I just... Give us a flavour of couple a couple of them, Barry. What, what are the main things then that you're not convinced about? The rhythm of play, I just I feel as if it's very laboured. We don't look like we don't look the Celtic of old. We just it's like Celtic are just going through the motions till the end of the season, and it's just I feel as if it's, it's we just go we're just trying to win the game. We've done it professionally. We got a couple of goals, and that was it. But I, I really don't see apart from Tumble and uh, Edward. I, I really I really can't get excited about watching Celtic nowadays. What do you make of that, Jim? Football and this this is not exclusive to Celtic. Sometimes mm. that. Happens in football Because if you finish The game stronger mm-hmm. Then that, that's maybe yeah. The bit that lingers Neil Lennon Calling it benchmark I do remember Maybe mm-hmm. I don't know Was it 60 minutes in 70 minutes in Seeing lots of comments On social media Kind of saying This is dull This is mm-hmm. boring and, and then they kind of Came to life For Neil Lennon That's mm-hmm. the bit He's focusing on Barry's not convinced Yeah I mean I think it's more difficult When you're at a club um, You know And support a club Like Celtic Who generally Dominate teams From the first minute To the last minute uh, and you know have a real intensity about it, and I do think that that's been missing in, in recent weeks. And it's more, it's probably more difficult now with the fact that the league's, you know, you know, is gone in essence. But you know, and and you know, it's 
maybe that that wee edge and that bit of motivation is probably is missing. But I can remember a few years ago when I was at, when I was at Hearts when we had the Vladimir Romanov was there, and and I can remember having an argument or a debate about it. Should we say and saying a, a game is to be won within the period of ninety minutes. There's very few teams that will be brilliant for that ninety minutes. If you've got a wee purple patch and then you you won the game mm. and that was Celtic did and convincingly and handsomely, then I think sometimes you've got to. You know that that that's good. What did, what did <laughs> Vlad know, want? Ninety minutes. He wanted ninety complete minutes. Domination. We won a game three nothing, and he wanted to find the players for the first half. Seriously? Uh, yes, because we were nil nil at half time, <laughs> oh, and then yes. another game he wanted to find the players for the second half because we were three nothing up in the first half. So that was <laughs> that was him because he said he pays the players for ninety minutes. So wow. I, I think that as I said, it's one of those situations where. I get where Barry's coming from It wasn't brilliant for 90 minutes But I do think There were shoots, signs of shoots of recovery there Because of the type of goal Celtic scored Which was more like Celtic You know, mm. as I said to you At the latter part of last season I can imagine some of your fellow Celtic mm. fans Might be listening to Barry and saying Come on, cut the team mm. some slack 4-0 win What more do you want? Etc you, You've perhaps been a little bit harsh I don't think so um, I've got the team I've got the team on the slack I, back, I tried my best to back until Christmas um, I, I, I backed him as, be, as best I could. Um, we didn't, we didn't show any signs of recovery at all. It was, it was patchy at best. Um, and I just see now, as I say, the only reason I watch Celtic now is to see like so young players like Tumble and Edward coming through. Obviously, Edward probably the end of the season, but guys like Tumble and see what I, what kind of future we've got because, as I say, it's just like going through the motions. It's not really, it's not really enjoyable. I mean, you watch anymore. Hugh, you're going to have the final word of the first hour And to be honest, I've been expecting a bit more So you won't be getting paid for this first hour Unless this comment is good I think Barry is underlining what I said The Celtic fans have had it with this season They want a new season, new players, new manager And a team built around Greg Taylor and Turnbull and Sorrow And perhaps even a full-time move for John Joe Kenny Uh the season for the Celtic fans now is about two games against Rangers. They want to see a good performance against Rangers, see if they can bust Rangers' bubble. Uh, but the rest of it, it was a case of failed promises. They wanted 10, didn't get it, and they want this season over and done with. Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, thescottishsun.co.uk slash football. Thank you to Barry That takes us up nicely To time for Beat the Pun It is a good way To finish the week You've taken in All your football knowledge Throughout the last Seven days or so You come on here You show off You beat Hugh Keevans Or Jim Duffy And we send you A signed ball It is that simple 0141 951 1025 Your lines close at 7 So be quick Your chance to beat the pundit Is next Tackle the headlines 0141 951 Clyde One Super Scoreboard Jim Duffy and Hugh Keevans are here We're here until 8 o'clock So there's loads of time to get your calls in 0141 951 1025 We kicked off tonight hearing from Stephen Gerrard Talking about what's the point essentially in referees If we're going to keep retrospectively punishing people uh, Neil Lennon has had his say on Celtic's recent performance at St Mirren Calling it a benchmark going forward Loads more to get through uh, Kyle Lafferty has signed for Kilmarnock And Jim Goodwin's had a very interesting pop at divers in the game I'll let you hear that comment next You won't want to miss that Beat the pundit 
Minute with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, thescottishsun.co.uk slash football. Beat the Pundit time. We've had some right good stories on Beat the Pundit this week. Wednesday night, Andy Halliday's best mate. He's been trying to get on for weeks to take him on. They've been arguing about it behind the scenes. Eventually got through and Halliday beat him. I later found out that their friends went and put the match on YouTube, Jim Duffy, so that everyone could go and, and uh, relive it last night. Can't Forgive me Who was the, the contestant's name Last night I've forgotten But he was magnificent He had his mum Alongside him listening And he managed to Batter Mark Wilson Mark Wilson Always in tears <laughs> And now tonight Sid is calling From View Park And it says here That Sid is very nervous Because his family Are downstairs listening No pressure Sid No not at all <laughs> you, got, you got a fan club Down there no, I think you're a bit nervous as well <laughs> I bet you will be listening in Alright, let's, I'll tell you what I'll, I'm going to put your fears to bed Because Hugh Keevans You've been stuck in all week Power cuts, the snow, the lot You're bound to have taken your eye off the ball With regards to your trivia, yes? I'm not sure it was ever on the ball There we go, exactly Sid, you've not got much to beat here tonight Trust me, heads, you're up against Hugh Keevans And tails, it'll be Jim Duffy And it is heads, it's Hugh Keevans Up against Sid from Hugh <coughs> Park So I'm going to give Hugh Oh no in fact I can't give you Clyde to Hugh What I can do Is make you disappear I'm going to put you Into complete silence For a couple of minutes Okay We might never get him back If it's anything like The other night He's going to have to Join us on his landline uh, Did we tell you Jim that the problem Arose as well The other night Because Hugh has still Got the setup That if you phone His house phone It slows his internet down oh, right, okay. So he has to get He has to get in touch With everyone he knows mm-hmm. Before the show And say Don't phone me please Between 6 and 8 yeah. Which He needs a shorter string Between the two cans Aye, It doesn't seem like The most efficient system <laughs> But anyway Right Sid 30 seconds Answer as many questions Right as you can And if you don't know Just pass quickly That's the key okay Okay then Right yep. let's go 30 seconds And your time Starts now Apart from Rangers Which other Scottish team Has Kyle Lafferty Previously played for Pass. Name any SPFL club that Gary Mackay Stephen has played for. Aberdeen. Which Scottish side are nicknamed the Diamonds? Airdrie. Who were top of Scottish League One before the season was suspended? Rafe Rovers. Who was the last permanent Celtic manager to manage less than 50 games? John Barnes. Name the only Scottish Premiership team to play an Argentinian this season. Pass. They're quite tough tonight, I think. Let's bring uh, Hugh Keevans back. Where is he? He's on a different button. Hugh Keevans, can you hear us? I can. Great. Same set of questions to you. 30 seconds on the clock, and your time starts now. <sighs> Apart from Rangers, which other Scottish team has Kyle Lafferty previously played for? Uh, Hearts. Name any SPFL club that Gary Mackay Stephen has played for. Dundee uh, United. Which Scottish side are nicknamed the Diamonds? Airdrie Who were top of Scottish League 1 Before the season was suspended Falkirk Who was the last Permanent Celtic manager To manage less than 50 games Um, Tony Mowbray Name the only Scottish Premiership team To play an Argentinian This season Uh, Airdrie Scottish Premiership Airdrie Seriously Oh There there are two things about that Did you really think Airdrie would be the answer To two separate questions On Beat the Pundit But I won't be too harsh on you Because you were pretty good there Uh, Sid how do you think that went Absolute nightmare Sid Sid, I thought no I think you did okay But you met You met a man who was Flying I don't know what got into him tonight Mr Keevans He's been on He's uh, been on the Red Bull I think he was up for that one Right apart from Rangers Which other Scottish team Has Kyle Lafferty played for Hearts are you kicking yourself with that one, Sid? Is that first question nerves? Yeah, ah, that always happens, right? Name any SPFL club Gary Mackay Stephen played for. 
You were both right uh, One of you said Dundee United One said Aberdeen um, So 2-1 to Hugh You both got the uh, the Diamonds are Airdrie So 3-2 to Hugh um, Who was top of League 1 Before the season was suspended League 1 correspondent Duffy Do you want to tell us uh, I th- Before it was suspended Now Falkirk yep. Yeah it was yeah. Falkirk I Hugh thought it was the, the last time nah, No this time Falkirk uh, Hugh Keevans got it I'm afraid mm-hmm. uh, It was also Tony mm-hmm. Mowbray So said I feel like you weren't that far off But he was just mm-hmm. flying at this point um, The only Scottish Premiership team To play an Argentinian this season is Dundee United mm. Adrian Sporla uh, Which does take me back To one of the all time Beat the Pundit classics When Gordon DL was asked What nationality Bevis Mugabe was And he said Argentinian mm. So it could have been two In Gordon's <laughs> book But um, it's Adrian Sporla Said honestly I think you can go back down You can look the family in the eye And say you did your best You got two But you met a man in form He got five Headlines Well done you Cheers Thank you said Good man, Sid and, and hi to the family, Sid mm-hmm. Hi to Sid's family mm-hmm. uh, The Sid family In View Park with you. Honestly mm-hmm. uh, This is This um, period away, Hugh This chance to Be at home With your thoughts In the man cave It has led oh. to A dramatic improvement In your Beat the Pundit performances You see I get the chance to, to read the papers. I know that you are a young man and you find the idea of newspapers to be a, a, an alien concept, but I, I read them all now. I, I just misheard the last one there about Scottish Premiership side. Mm-hmm. Would you go to anyway? No. No, never that. <laughs> um, by the way, and, uh, Sammy's quite right. Airdrie was uh, actually the answer to two separate questions because Gary McKay Stephen played for Airdrie also. Oh, so, yes, fair enough. Hold my hands mm-hmm. up. Uh, no problem with that. Well, it certainly wouldn't have been the answer to three then, Sammy, would it? And they're not a Premiership team anyway. So he was good, but we're not uh, letting him off with that. So that was Beat the Pundit. Um, don't forget, later on, we always do the full time teaser, but we're giving you the prize tonight. We always try and do that once a week. We're giving you the Thompson's prize, the kit for watching the games at home. We know you can't get to games at the moment, so we're going to give you some goodies so you can enjoy the football a bit more in the comfort of your own home. Jim Goodwin, very interesting comments on diving. I'll let you hear them in a second. Let's bring in Scott first, though, who's a Rangers fan. Hi, Scott. Hi, Gordon. Uh, good evening, you right? Jim. I- I'm good. Good evening, Jim and Hugh. Hi, Scott. Um, it was just, I've actually got two points. Uh, my first point I'll put um, first, obviously, you can come back to me. Was I heard Jim saying just picked up and what Jim now about half an hour ago was talking about Stephen Davis um, and saying his words were that he's played immense this season. Mm-hmm. Um, if you were to pick player of the season right now, and normally it would be the team that goes on to win the, win the league. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I ever remember a player winning the player of the year that didn't win the league. Who would it be for you? Ooh, good question, Jim Duffy. You can kick us off. Yeah, well, I think I think uh, in most people's eyes, um, up until maybe just recently, James Tavernier would have been probably right up there um, for Rangers with the amount of goals that he scored from from a fullback, which uh, again uh, has been tremendous. But there, I think, yeah, I think you're you're right. I think that will be Rangers players that will be in the running, and I think Stephen Davis will be one of them. I think Connor Goldson will be another one. He's played um, every minute, hasn't he, Connor mm-hmm. Goldson? Which I'm not yeah. saying that's enough to get you Player of the Year, but it's yeah. But I think I think in the terms performance of very, levels as well. very few errors and no real significant errors leading to a goal. And when you're you're that as a defender, that is incredible mm. consistency. Uh, so for me, I would probably be between. Connor Golson and Stephen Davis at this moment in time, but I just think Davis has just got class. He's just he just epitomises class. He's he takes the ball, he links up, he looks to play forward passes. He, he can control the game, he can slow it down, and he can pick the pace up. And as I said, I just think he's a he's, he's a class act. So 
Those would be the two for me at the moment. Scott would either be Connor Golson and, and, and Stephen Davis. I can't believe you've forgotten about poor old Michael Higdon winning Player of the Year, mm. Scott, from a team mm. that didn't win the league. For what it's <laughs> worth, I don't think he remembers that night either. So I think I he think, remembers one. Just know the night it was it was presented to him. Yeah, I think you're okay on that. Just by the the kind of tone of your call, Scott, Stephen Davis, for you, is that what you're on at? Oh, right now, Stephen Davis, and just picking up what Jim says there. Um, the first start of the the season for the first four months. I was really surprised with James Tavernier. I thought the captain armband and, and everything he'd done was great, but he's kind of went back to his kind of old ways again. In the last two months, I, I don't think he's he's really kicked a ball. And that's one, that's the second point that I wanted to go on to. You know, you hear Stephen, Stephen Gerrard saying he's got a player for every position, but I don't think he has um, the confidence, obviously, lack of experience for the young boy, Nathan Patterson, um, get, getting a start because if he did, I think Tavernier uh, should have been dropped well before now. Tavernier, for me, is the only guy in that team that doesn't matter how bad he plays, he still starts the game. So it tells me that he's no confident in the, the replacement. Uh, you know, the, the, the boy Patterson only comes on for two goals up or whatever. I'd like to see Tavernier get dropped. And that's no me being very negative towards him. I don't think he deserves to start every single week. And he always gets that start that frustrates me. Oh, Scott, he can't have dropped off that much, can he? He's dropped off a good bit, and, and, and anybody, I'd argue with anybody that says different. I even watched him last week against the Hamilton, and he was. I, I, I re-ran the where we lost the goal, and he's pressing their left back, the boy he used to play with us, while you've got um, our midfield, and I think it was Steve Davis in his position in the ninety-fourth minute. You know, he just. I just don't think he. He kind of thinks. We, we just should not have lost that goal in the last minute But we did And, for, and all this week I, I, Again I think there's been a mass hysteria About it As Hugh says he, he, We had a bad day at the office And that's it I fully expect us to come back tomorrow And probably take at least three or four goals I've come out tomorrow With no problem at all Is this not Is this not though? again Kind of back to what we're saying about You know once you've set the standards And It sounds a bit like you're expecting James Tavernier to be bang at it Every single game Take James Forrest for instance Because he's the reigning player of the year um, He scored 16 goals for Celtic last season I know it's not all about goals um, But 14 of them were before Christmas And two were after He didn't finish the season And I, by the way I know it was a curtailed season But he didn't finish the season the way he started it But he did enough in the first part of the season To win player of the year How many bad games has James Tavernier seriously had this season? Well if you ask me I would like somebody to tell me When's the last time he had a good game I, I, don't, I honestly don't remember the last time he had a good game. It must have been at least eight to ten games ago. And for me, I don't count his goals as penalties. Penalties are penalties that anybody can take and score. In fact, he's even missed <laughs> tell, you that, tell you that in Man City, Scott. I mean, they've got the, some of the biggest stars in the world can't put the ball in the back of the net. Penalties are penalties. They've got to score, so you, you can't deny And also, his assists, his crosses. It's a different game now, you know, full-backs. Yeah, you're right in terms of... When he pressed the ball, he could have cut the the, the ball up the channel, and all he says, or he didn't need to go there in the first place. But you know, it's it's like you know, it's a different game. Full backs now are high and wide, and they give the team the width. Uh, and in in Scottish football this year, there's been no one better than James Tavernier. Yeah, you're right. He maybe has dipped here and there, but in terms of his 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 um, delivery into the box. No, there's no, there's no one better uh, delivers a ball. He's also scored. He's, he scored plenty from open yeah, play. He's scored, he scored as well. plenty as well. But just the way the, the the way Rangers play, the system that Rangers play, 
That's the reason why he doesn't get dropped because he suits the system. Him and Barry suit the system perfectly. Hugh, we're getting to that stage where I don't. Are the Rangers fans getting a or fans like Scott? Not them all. Are they getting fed up with with winning every week and they're, they're nitpicking a little bit? I think uh, Scott is excessively harsh on on James Tavernier. I, I would still have him as my player of the year because I think he's been accused over the last five years in Glasgow of being the serial underachiever. Uh, in charge of the team that never win anything. Uh, I think he has led from the front this season. I don't think he's always played well. Who has? Apart from Stephen Davis, uh, according to Scott and others. Um, But I I do think that Tavernier uh, has been a good captain, a good provider, a good contributor uh, with his goals. And, you know, with regard to penalty kicks, we're going to Euro 2020 in the summer because of penalty kicks. Like I say, I think that's false anyway. He's scored plenty from open play. Scott's won his last good game. I don't obviously keep a, a mental note the way Scott would, but I'm thinking certainly the Ross County game, 5 0, four games ago. I think he had a good game that day, um, if, if I want to be specific well, about listen, it. You can, you can look over the course of a season, then people have one or two bad games, of course. But as I, as I mentioned earlier on, He's part of a unit which has absolutely been incredible. Sheets. Seventeen defensive, goals for him. Defensive record, um, you know the the you know the, mm. and also going forward as well. He's not he's not neglected either part. So as part of a a, a a defensive unit which is the best in the country by a country mile, then uh, you know I think it's mm. been terrific. And as I said, he going forward, his contribution. Uh, cannot be underestimated yeah, On Twitter Miller agrees With some of what Scott says He says it's like A month dip in form Hopefully Scotty mm-hmm. Arfield back Will give it a different energy Will be less reliant On certain players Like Tavernier and Kent PR says Goldson Player of the year Played every game 20 clean sheets um, Goes about his business quietly And even scores some goals mm-hmm. As well Thank you to Scott On the line It's 01419511025 To join in If you want to tweet us Like those guys have uh, You can do that as well At Clyde SSB I know some people Send them to me At Gordon Duncan 7 That's fine Either way I'll try my best To pick uh, them both up Let's hear a bit From Jim Goodwin Um, um, Because this is Interesting stuff Right He says Everyone in Scottish football Needs to start Naming and shaming The divers In our game He says it's often The same players Who go down too easily Looking for penalties And he says He'd be embarrassed If it was him It's similar Kind of individuals Who seem to be Winning these penalties All the time And um you know, referees need to wise up to it and uh, and understand what's happening because they're having the wool pulled over their eyes on certain occasions. And yeah, I mean, I, I think we just need to start naming and shaming. It's as simple as that. And I think the compliance officer needs to get involved more. And I think uh, you know, suspensions need to be need to be handed out to these individuals. And it needs to be consistent because that's the frustration with everybody in the game. If somebody pulls my shoulder back when I'm running, it doesn't it doesn't mean that my legs go from underneath me. You know, if somebody clips your heels or takes a swipe at you, then that's completely different. But you're starting to see players now running along beside defenders and with the slightest bit of contact, they fall over themselves. You know, I'd be embarrassed if I was some of these players when I watch it back and, um, you know, I, I, I look at it, I would really be cringing um, if I was some of them. In theory, you like that. Obviously, that sounds good. I think that's the way everyone wants it. Good on Jim Goodwin. Um, you just know that everyone listening is going to just wait for the next time a St Mirren player goes down a little bit too easily. The other thing about Jim's comments, if he wants people named and shamed, he should have started it there and then. 
by naming the worst offenders in his eyes because he has thrown a blanket over the entire league and given everyone the opportunity to say that the biggest diver is this one or that one. If you're serious and you have the courage of your convictions, name them. It was your idea, name and shame. Okay, name them. I don't know if our managers allowed to do that, Jim. I don't know if that would cause all sorts of drama. Like I said, on in theory, that obviously sounds good. I don't think people want to see players going down too easily. The only thing that I wonder if it's easier said than done, because Jim says the compliance officer needs to get involved more, which is what everyone apparently doesn't want <laughs> yeah. to happen. Uh, he says suspensions mm. need to be get given out. Well, look what happened on the one occasion that we've had it this season. Albion Ayeti goes down, the compliance officer does get involved, mm. but because there was a touch on his heel... The panel couldn't agree and nothing happened So people keep saying this And I go back to People keep saying they want consistency mm-hmm. what, what does that actually mean? A Yeti got mm-hmm. cited for diving But the charge was not proven Yeah, I mean I, I don't agree with you I mean, I, I, I've, Listen, I've been as a manager And you know, even particularly when you're at the top level And you get so frustrated And we all, we all look at it if a decision doesn't go your way But, uh, you know He said he'd be embarrassed But again Jim's, you know, it was a competitive player, like an aggressive player. Players don't get embarrassed now. If a player dives, then you hear statements like it was cute or he gave the referee a decision to make and all these kind of ways to get around it. Players will not get embarrassed, even if it's a, a, an absolute blatant dive. And the other thing is, doubting the referee to, to see it. And we see this all the time, uh, Gordon, you know, whether there's contact, we hear these phrases, contact made, is that enough to get down? And guys like Andy Walker, for instance, would say, well, there was contact there. He's, he's, he's asking the referee to make a decision. So, listen, you know, it's a difficult one, but I think there are more serious issues, you know, and um, danger, uh, you know, a, a, a player and things like that that they would like to look at more rather than these type of situations because... I suppose, though, just, just quickly, sorry. Down, he won't don't get, get it. the penalty. Just quickly, though, because we, we'll pick it up after the break on the phones. Mm-hmm. The difference mm. being though, a dive, mm. if, if it is one, is a is a deliberate attempt to Trent, cheat. Yeah. Whereas a, an endangering an opponent might be mm. accidental. You know, it might mm. be a genuine attempt mm. to get the ball, and then they don't get it. So is is yeah. that where is it? You know, but a deliberate, a deliberate, and, and, and you know, if you deliberately don't listen, it's one of those again. You know, when you watch the games in my era again, as you says, we hate players that dive, but it's just the way it is now. And I think, unfortunately, we have to accept mm. it. And as I said before, I've been there as a manager. Player goes round the goalkeeper, goalkeeper clips him and tries to stay on his feet, he stumbles, don't get he overruns it. the ball by the, the goal line. Everybody, including myself, is saying, Go down, go down. So is that a dive? Who knows? Listen, and as Hugh said, if Jim is that annoyed about it, then he maybe have to be the first guy that puts his head above the parapet and says, This guy continually dives. Uh, right, what do you make of that then? Jim Goodwin's talking about naming and shaming divers Thinks that's you know one thing that we, we really need to stamp out the game 01419511025 Also, coming up next, going to give you the chance to win The football survival pack Thanks to Thompson's uh, solicitors So let me tell you just a little bit more about that one We often do it on a, a Thursday night But we're going to do it on a Friday tonight Full-time teaser with Thompson's personal injury solicitors. More than a million paid in compensation every week. Right, here's what's up for grabs. A beer fridge, beers to put in it, pies, bovril, everything you need to enjoy watching the games at home since that's all we can do at the moment. All you have to do is send all the correct answers to Clyde SSB by 7.45 to the following question. I'm actually going to give you... After this break You must be over 18 to enter T's and C's are at Clyde1.com And I'll give you the question next So stay tuned for that Write it down 
taking your calls on Scottish football. 0141 951 1025. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Jim Duffy and Hugh Keevans are here And they're actually about to help you I bet you never thought that Hugh Keevans and Jim Duffy Could potentially make your Friday night better We're giving you the football survival packer The chance to win it The fridge for the beer The beers to go inside it Obviously, because you need a couple of beers Some pies, bovril We're going to set you up If you can get all the answers to this following question By 7.45 Send them over to at Clyde SSB We'll pick a winner at random And hopefully we can make one of your night. So the question is this And thank you to Eric for sending it in Can you name the last four Scots To score for a losing team In a Scottish Cup final That's all you need to do at home Jim and Hugh are even about to give you some for free Say, say it again please And all you need to do is get them into is at Clyde SSB by quarter to eight The last four Scotsmen to score for a losing team In a Scottish Cup final Any that spring to mind Hugh? <sighs> losing team uh, Ryan Edwards He's Australian. Oh, hi, five Scots. Scots is going because he mm-hmm. played in the losing team, but he's not. Uh, I think. Uh, is it a Motherwell player? I'm afraid Motherwell did not manage to score uh, that day. Craig B? No, no, no. We're a good bit more recently than those. The last four Scots to score for a losing team in a Scottish Cup final. I did say Jim and Hugh no, were going to help you help out with this. No. Right, okay, we'll, we'll get there. Right, what about. Memorable Semi-high scoring Stephen Naismith No But you're nearly there So you're thinking about The most recent cup final Uh Right Uh So who who scored Kenny Miller Yes that's one Um, Not the most recent But we got him in there Okay that's a starter For you lot at home If you're playing along at home You've got 17 minutes To get your answers into At Clyde SSB We've given you a freebie Kenny Miller Can you name Kenny Miller Plus the other three Scots To score for a losing team in a Scottish Cup final The last four Scots To score for a losing team In a Scottish Cup final Include Kenny Miller on your tweet Have that one in us But you need to name all four And I'll let the guys They get a bit longer than you Because let's be honest They need it So I'll give them Until the end of the show um, Let's hear a bit from Kyle Lafferty What do you make of that as a signing? Jim Duffy for Kilmarnock Playing yeah. Rangers tomorrow Yeah I mean obviously He's got plenty of experience You know when he's up for it He's, he's a he's a good player. He's a talented player. Obviously, proven international goal scorer. Um, he's been around the around the block. He knows Scottish football. Um, there wouldn't be a lot of you know opportunities to bring in you know a, a real proven uh, striker at this moment in time for Tommy Wright. So I think he's done really well getting him in at this moment in time. Fitness wise, I don't know what it'll be, but certainly um, if he can get inside Kel's head and get him motivated as he said he wants to be still part of the international setup, then. Yeah, there's every chance that he can make the difference because that's the you know it's, I mean it haunted Alec Dyer and obviously even just in the first game um, you know under under Tommy right there you could see that that's a, a, an area where they need massive improvement so yeah I think it's a good sign. Yeah, he believes he can certainly fire Kilmarnock up the table. He's joined until the end of the season. He's relieved to be back in the game. Obviously, I've been out of the game for for about a month now. I think to the to the day it's been a month, um, but obviously I'm delighted. I'm, just around the corner from my home as well, so that's that's important to be close to my family, obviously. So um, I'm excited to, to to be back playing football now. So um, I've got, I guess, a ten games and right with the cup. So um, it'll be it'll be good to get back playing, hopefully scoring goals, and hopefully get the team first up the league. Obviously, training with the the team today for the first time and seeing the players and 
the puzzles how how they're, they're down in the bottom three. Um, I think with the squad of players that we have, I think they should be definitely in the top six. But obviously, whatever reason that is, um, hopefully I can come in and add to the team and get the goals that will push us up the league. And um, if we can get into the top six, um, we'll be happy. In terms of a goals total, Hugh, the, the goals scored for Kilmarnock at home, the total's not too bad. It kind of stacks up um, pretty well within the league. On the road, they, they don't seem to be scoring very, um, very well overall. And then more recently, I think, if you're because that's me being a bit broad um, overall. Obviously, they've not scored in their... They've only scored in, what is that, one out of the last one, two, three... Six, I think they've only scored in one game out of the last seven. So it's f- uh, fairly obvious where the... Where the problem lies? I think the Motherwell game midweek was a dreadful disappointment for Tommy Wright. Uh, you know, to lose to the Alan Campbell goal, then you have to face Rangers at Ibrox, then you have to go to Petodre to play Aberdeen. You're really up against it. Kyle Lafferty is the great enigma. I remember when he was in a Hearts jersey and Celtic had gone on a run of, I can't remember, 50 odd games under Brendan Rodgers. And the run came to an end, the, the winning run came to an end at, uh, at Tynecastle and, and Lafferty scored that day and ran Celtic ragged into the bargain. He's the great enigma because one week, brilliant, next week, where did that guy go? Uh, but Tommy Wright has taken him on very, very quickly. Never mind the fact that uh, you know he was in Italy with Serie B uh, Regina, uh, hasn't played for a month. Tommy's brought him in and clearly knows you'll get something out of him. How quickly is another matter? Uh, one, it's Kamarnik have scored once in the la- one in one of the last six games. I should say, not seven. So my my sight's failing me tonight. So my apologies, any Kamarnik statisticians out there. Um, let's bring in Michael, who's in our dross. And Michael, just thinking back to before the break there, and I know you've got kind of disciplinary issues on your mind. Jim Goodwin talking about naming and shaming divers, and he feels that's a real problem. In the game Would you go along with that? Uh, some of the problems are that Yes that's correct mate Aye I'll go with some of that yeah. problems Aye What I mean I don't know Is there a I'm opening a major can of worms here But who, who would they be then? Who are the players that are serial offenders In our game at the moment? I'm not actually 100% yeah. sure There's a few There's a few A few at Rangers I'm a Celtic fan as I said here Pretty sure But there is a few at Rangers <laughs> you in, uh, There's a few at Rangers There's a few at um, there's just not just that. There's, there's a few none at Celtic. Stuff. None at Celtic. No, there is a few. No, no, I wouldn't <laughs> say that. But it's not. No, I wouldn't say that. No, no, I wouldn't say that, John. What about, what about Albina Yeti, Michael? Because he's come into the spotlight a little bit after the one at Kilmarnock. He got cleared of it, obviously. Well, he got cited in the first place, if you like, and then and then cleared. Um, and now there's been a bit of focus on him. Does he go to ground too easy? I've been surprised, to be honest with you, when he get away with it because. When I watch the game, I watch the games regularly with my mum. I'm a season ticket holder at Portkhead. I go up every Saturday. Well, obviously, when I went, I could. But mm-hmm. um, but when I watched the game at first, I thought it was a penalty. Then you look at the replay again, you kind of... It's a bit soft, I think. Well, I'll tell you what, let's hear from him. Because uh, he's insisting he's no diver after being cleared earlier this week. Um, here's what he had to say on that, that topic. There are many things that footballers need to hear about, which is not true. Um, but this is part of football. This is part of our profession. We have to accept it. Um, yeah, they can call us whatever they want because we know what's going on the pitch. If they want to call me like that, they should call me like that. But it isn't true. 
But this, as I said, this is part of football. We have to accept and keep the focus on the right things. People who know my kind of football know that uh, I like the body contact, yeah. Quite aggressive player. So uh, don't think that I'm a proper diver because, uh, as I said, I like the body contact. My football is... is uh, it's a bit harder than just to dive for a little contact. Hugh? Uh, well, I don't know if Michael or yourself, Gordon, are familiar with the term spaghetti western, but uh, Albie and a Yeti went down like uh, a cowboy shot in one of the old Clint Eastwood spaghetti westerns. Uh, his body position was all unnatural to me. I think he got away with one. Um, Michael, I know you had more general points as well in the, the hot topic of the week, which is, of course... Um, different disciplinary issues and so on. What have you got to say for yourself on that? Well, I mean, as I said to your producer, but I'll go to my first point. I've, I've got I've got two points I like to make first. Sure. I'll go to the first point. Uh, what the first point is, as I said, I'm a Celtic fan. I think this season's been, as Hugh said and Jim, I think it's been a kind of write-off. Still could win the league, but um, it's not going it's to... It's still possible, but um, at the end of the season, obviously, Peter Lobel's away. I would like Neil Lennon to go as well, get stuck. But start from top to bottom, basically. Are you happy enough now, Michael? To, well, I don't know if happy is clearly not the right word, but will that now just take place in the summer? Or are you still desperate for that happen yesterday? You know, can you wait to the summer? You know, as I've got another, while I'm speaking at the moment, I've got a point, right? I speak to my mum, we have to speak up every week. I'm still waiting, I want to know what's going on. But well, I promised this January review, review, sorry, and I've still not heard anything from the club. So I, I, would, I wanted it done in January there. Yeah, Hugh, a lot of people will think making that point still about this mystery January yeah. review. It's, it's going to be one of those things that you'll mention in, in years to come and look back on this. It's, it's become a, a thing, a January review. I remember being in the studio with you that night, Gordon, when you read out the statement that said there'd be a January review. And I said to you at the time, it's a holding job. Uh, they're just trying to keep the fans at bay. Because at that point, of course, the fans were outside in the car park. Uh, and on a regular basis um, but January came and went uh, it'll just be quietly forgotten about now uh, and Michael is like Barry the Celtic supporter that was on earlier they want this season over and done with they want to find out what the structure of the club will be we know that Dominic Mackay will come in we know that uh, talks for uh, the, the job of director of football are well advanced with a person uh, and the fans like Michael and Barry want to know who will replace Neil Lennon because I think most fans agree that Neil Lennon will be replaced. Uh, so the remainder of this season is a vacuum. Celtic have two big games against Rangers. Michael would like to see Celtic come alive in those games, salvage a little pride, but that's all it will be. Are we learning a little bit And sometimes Super Scoreboard Takes you places You never thought They would Jim Are we learning a little bit About the human psyche here With, mm. with some Celtic fans I'm not saying them all In that You can only stay Properly outraged For, for so long <laughs> You know The scenes we saw You saw it You were yeah, the one That was on the show game, Reporting yeah. That level of anger mm. It's almost impossible To keep that up And, and now, I mean Put it this way They're not Banging down the door mm. of, of Celtic Park now They're not no. outside now That that sort of peaked And I'm sure some are still saying No I am mm. angry I am But Eventually that Is that just human nature That that yeah, subsides to an extent human nature And you've got to Put things in perspective Yeah that, that was the Ross County game And then I was at the St Mun game as well When Celtic lost But there wasn't There wasn't the You know Obviously that, that, that type of 
um, frustration, um, you know, from Celtic fans there gathering outside the stadium after that. So yeah, I mean, it's like yeah, it's like a manager who rants all the time. You know, eventually that impact wears off. But uh, you know, from Michael's point of view, that obviously there was aspects of a review in January because Peter Lowell did announce he was leaving. Um, did announce who the new chief executive was going to be uh, there is progress getting made it looks like there's going to be a director of football so there were some things not from the manager's point of view right. and Neil Lennon's come out after it and, and quite openly said listen Peter Lowell was going nothing to do with me I'm, I'm happy I'm, I, I fully intend to be mm-hmm. there so there will be discussions made but obviously Celtic will have to significantly improve between now and the end of the season I think for any Celtic fan uh, just to be a wee bit calmer because any, I think even one bad result between now and the end of the season that frustration mm-hmm. will start to surface again Right, thank you to Michael let's bring in Jim he's got some thoughts on the January review hi Jim Hi, how are you doing? Not bad, you? Um, I'm listening to you, mate the first point is you're calling Celtic on the January review and it's not been disclosed but maybe you come out through the parkhead to say he's it's going to be January 2021 <laughs> so you think you think no, it well, the next January? It's a logical point. It's a logical point because if you say so, you're criticising Celtic, and I can take that. I can take that very long because it's a bit of a joke the whole season, but a bit of a joke for Celtic. But maybe you actually can say to you, "We're going to come out in 2021 and say to you, this is what's happening." Well, I'll tell you what, Hugh. If we're still having this discussion in the in a year's time, I'll be, um, be quite interesting to say the least. Well, I mean, Jim can't be serious. He can't really expect us to. I think, think he's got his tongue in cheek, surely. Yes, that's okay. It, it, it has to be. It has to be. Listen, the, the the worrying thing for Celtic, anger has turned to apathy. I I take your point on board, Gordon. You can't be raging all of the time, but anger has turned to apathy, and apathy is bad for business and season ticket renewals, and the Celtic supporters want some indication. They want it to come from either Peter Lawwell, because he's still on the payroll, or they want it to come from Dermot Desmond, because he is the the owner, by any other name, of the club. So the, the Celtic fans just want to know, will there be a change of manager? Uh, Donnie Mackay is there, coming in. But who is the director of football? And so on and so forth. The anger has abated, but apathy is dangerous. Jim, can we schedule you in for a call sometime January 2022? Is that all right? Not at all. Good man. Look forward to speaking to you then. That was Jim in Rutherglen. Right, this is your four minute warning on this teaser. Remember, you need to get all of the answers over to us before quarter to eight to be in with a chance of winning the football survival pack Eric sent the question in can you name the last four Scots to score for a losing team in a Scottish Cup final you've got Kenny Miller anymore um, Jim who, who played for Hearts well, against Celtic well as I said I thought it was Ryan but that's Australian so it's, it's not that one but it's Aberdeen because I'm just looking at as an Aberdeen player were you not at the most recent Scottish Cup final Yes, I was. Mm-hmm. Yes, but that doesn't. I'm, I'm, I'm sometimes going through other games as well. I'm no, not just well, let's start like with the one that you were at. Um, what was the score? It was quite a dramatic day. In case you've forgotten, mm-hmm, I've forgotten. Went to penalties, didn't it? Celtic mm-hmm. and Hearts. Uh, does penalties count? No. All oh, right. Okay. Well, just now, now you're telling me. Um, it was. So who scored for Hearts in normal time? I, can't, I didn't ken. Um Right, Kenny Miller scored. Can, what yeah. what game? What game was that in? Kenny Miller scored. It was the Rangers and Hibs. Right. Who else scored for Rangers two. that day, Hugh? 
Don't tell me, don't tell me Andy Halliday scored. It was Andy, Andy Halliday. I'm going to remind right. him of this mm-hmm. uh, tomorrow. He are. won't be listening because he's about to run out at Palmerston, but we'll speak mm-hmm. to him tomorrow. Right, Andy Halliday, mm-hmm. Kenny Miller. Luckily, right. you two have right. until the end of the show, right. okay. but if you're playing along at home, two and a half minutes, you need to get all those answers in. We're looking for another two. Number one for football in Glasgow and the West. 0141-951-1025 Clyde One Super Scoreboard Right, lines are closed I'm afraid For the Football Survival Pack prize Luckily for Hugh and Jim Duffy They get a bit longer Because my goodness Do they need it We're looking for the answer To the following question Thank you to Eric For sending it in We're looking for the last Four Scotsmen To score For a losing team In the Scottish Cup Final What a response We have had to this on Twitter I can see Greg Milo Jamie McFarlane uh, Throwing answers And some people are sending me The answers more than once Because they want to Really emphasise the fact That they're taking part So we will Get all the correct answers We'll pick a winner at random I'll announce it just before The end of the show You've got Kenny Miller And Andy Halliday Did you get anything During the break? Hugh got anybody? Gary McKay Stephen? No well, I, I did remember I was going through the through the team in my head, and I, I was thinking Craig Halkett because Christoph Bear or something. But it's Stephen Kingsley. Stephen Kingsley. Stephen well Kingsley done. scored. Remember that Hugh? Is that the one mm-hmm. that goal line technology was on hand to award? Yes, was it that the one? The referee kept pointing to mm-hmm. his watch, saying the watch beeped. Yeah, we over just creeped over the line. That's right. Yeah, I think it was that one. All right, which means you at home, mm-hmm. you need to get your answers in for the, the competition two minutes ago. But mm-hmm. if you're playing along. And you're waiting to find out the answers We've got one more to get And I will announce the winner Before the end of the show I'm going to speak to Andy very soon as well uh, It's getting on a bit though On a Friday night What else grabs your attention for tomorrow, Hugh? Oh, lots of things I mean, the, obviously the Motherwell-Hamilton Lanarkshire Derby um, Motherwell going very nicely Three wins out of four for uh, Graham Alexander uh, the Ackies want to build on the draw against Rangers. Then I look at St Mirren at Aberdeen. Uh, Derek McInnes has had uh, the vote of confidence mm. from Dave Cormack, the chairman there. Um, but he knows he'll have a hard day against uh, Jim Goodwin's side. I hope there's no diving in that game, incidentally. <laughs> uh, and as I say, the, uh, the, the, the living bubble was burst by St Johnston. Now they're going to Tannadice. A wee test of living now because... Everything was about Davy Martindale and this unbeaten run. Now the bubble has been burst. You don't want back-to-back defeats because then people start to think, oh, the cup final coming up, and they've gone. Yeah, I mean, that game that's off tomorrow, Ross County Hibs, Jim. So that, you know, Ross County are just going to have to sit mm-hmm. back and, and wait. And if, I mean, no disrespect to Tommy Wright, he, he mm-hmm. may well, he's done it in the past. Most people would expect Kilmarnock to struggle mm-hmm. at Ibrooks because the Rangers are going so well. Um, Motherwell playing Hamilton Ackies now. If and it is a big if, if Motherwell mm. go and win that, you know that then pulls them a lot further away. Mm. Hamilton are, are eight points behind Motherwell at the moment. That would obviously stretch to mm. eleven Ackies with a game in hand. But then for Ross County, you would be looking at you know the, the gaps are, are starting to open up a little bit. Kilmarnock involved there as well. But but then even Motherwell, Motherwell are, are caught right in between probably mm. relegation worries and outside chance of top mm. six. Yeah, I mean, again, it's typical Scottish uh, Premier League, to be honest with you. And usually the bottom six is always, there's always one place sort of that three or four mm-hmm. teams could quite easily get, and there's four or five teams could get dragged into. Maybe not the relegation, but the playoff place. Yep. So I think, you know, the, the games, for me, the, the, the big game is, is, is Aberdeen St. Mern. 
Simply because Derek, Derek, yeah, Derek has had that vote of confidence But he needs a result And he needs to score goals And he's obviously signed Three strikers There's a problem with Cambieri uh, Cambieri not getting uh, Into the country And all kind of stuff But you know He needs a result And uh, and also a performance I think You know Because the Aberdeen fans Haven't been You know Totally mm-hmm. pleased By the style of football So I think they're going to Have to have a big result Against it man Right Andy's a Rangers fan On the line What have you got for us Andy? Well, I'm just looking forward to the more. I just hope that mm-hmm. the more we come out all going to blaze the more and know, especially Europe up next week, just got to play our best team and uh, no get back to. I know last week was a disaster, but uh, and, and I remember you were, you were earlier on you were talking about the you know player this season. I know McGregor won't get it, but he's not a lot of touches. But see, when he's had it, he's he's, he's done he's done his business. You know what I mean? I know I don't know when last mm-hmm. time a goalkeeper ever got player this season, but. Some games, you know, he's maybe he's been he's been lying there for maybe eight minutes, done nothing. But when he's been called up for, he's done the saves. So you know, I'd like to give him a wee mention anyway about that. Yeah, he's oh, listen. He's obviously been good, Jim, mm-hmm. and I think maybe what is a little bit different this season because Andy Wright went called upon. But remember, mm-hmm. there was that period of you know, was it five six games where mm-hmm. teams couldn't even get a shot on target. Yeah. Now that's not Alan McGregor's fault, mm-hmm. but. He he's not been anywhere. Has he been busy enough to be a Player of the Year yeah. contender? No, but that about a part of him uh, is that his influence on sure. you know, yeah. not mm-hmm. want to lose goals and making sure the defenders in front of him know that they know when they lose a goal, they are going to get an earful from Alan McGregor and well, probably even more so in the dressing room. So I think the fact that he uh, you know his influence and his desire to keep clean sheets keeps the defenders in front of him. On their toes And I think that's a part of it And you know Then when he's asked to, to perform it as, as, as Andy says there Yeah he has He has come up with the goods But he's been doing that Since the minute he's come into the club In the in this second spell He's, he's been an absolute outstanding uh, Signing at 39 uh, he, If anything He's improving with age mm. Andy I think Most people Not them all But most people would say That Rangers will still win the league Even if they don't get back To absolutely flying Like they were previously with Europe coming up Would that be a nice time To really hit your stride again And feel Because remember Earlier in the season It felt like Rangers Almost couldn't lose You know that The momentum was there From Thursday uh, To Sunday And it, it kept rumbling on Is is that something That you're starting to think about? No exactly Because I think I said it last week I said I, I, I think Ali They disagree with me But I said I thought You know what I had this kind of rest And Rangers, Rangers were playing what, Every two or three Or three or four days the momentum was there And now we've had A wee bit of time off So no no I'm just hoping that The more we kick on The more Especially We've got this European games Come up You're going no, Let's just go for this We need we need to start Get back into the The mojo of the, As you would say I mean Such has been Rangers dominance This season Hugh We've seen Mild wobbles If you can call them that On, on the road At Hamilton And at Motherwell And so on Still no such thing at Ibrox though. Does that does that Ibrox factor, whether it's the size of the pitch or the just kind of home comforts, does that will that continue? Well, first of all, I'm laughing at Andy talking about last week's game at Hamilton, which I think took Rangers 21 points clear of Celtic, and he's referring to a draw as a disaster. <laughs> uh, so you know, Rangers will come out tomorrow, and Rangers, I think, will make Kilmarnock pay the price of Hamilton Aki's good work the week before and Rangers' poor work the week before. I think Rangers will win tomorrow. Uh, Stephen Gerrard, of course, will have Royal Antwerp uh, somewhere in his deepest subconscious, 
but he'll be well focused tomorrow. He'll want a performance that uh, sets up Rangers for the game against Royal Antwerp, and uh, you know Kilmarnock are bang up against it tomorrow. I mean, Jim, at home it's one goal conceded. Yeah, that, that doesn't suggest that there's any chance. As we mentioned earlier on, long. I mean the, the 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 unit, you know, just not just the back four, but the system and the way they play and they, they press the the teams at the top end of the pitch. But you know, last couple of games, as, as Andy said, not not great against. I'm not great against St Johnson over the over the line. Uh, but you know, the I think again, Stephen Gerrard, we're just looking for mm. a little bit more of a tempo in the play. Okay, well it's that time of the night you've all been waiting for. Full-time teaser with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. More than a million paid in compensation every week. Right, let's see if we can get a winner then on this football survival pack. Thanks again to our friends at Thompson's Solicitors. We're giving away every week a beer fridge, beers to put in it, pies, bovril, everything you need to make watching the games at home a little bit more enjoyable. So we're going to try and do this every week. Like I say, tonight it was... Um, a good one Only looking for four answers You had to be over 18 All the T's and C's Are at Clyde1.com If you need to check it Thank you for so many Responses And most of them correct as well So there was a great standard Out there The question was The last four Scots To score for a losing team In a Scottish Cup final The guys are playing along as well They're nowhere near as good as you But they've got Stephen Kingsley Andy Halliday And Kenny Miller Any more? We're looking for one more I cannot cannot think at all, Gordon. You know, so I'm, right, I'm afraid I'm up against the wall. It's up to you, Hugh Keevens. Is it an Aberdeen player? No. Mm. You and I were at this final together. It was in 2015. Oh. Can you remember it? Well, that's the year before the Rangers have won. Isn't uh-huh. it? So, so remember, Hugh, we had a wee 16. period of of different teams winning it. So who won it before Hibs? Ross Count. Oh. Ross Count. No. Inverness. No. Yep. Inverness. Inverness. Who did they beat? Bella Mc- no, Bella McKay's Irish, isn't he? So, uh, is it? Is it? Peter Grant Jr. Ah, oh, brilliant, Peter Grant Hugh Keevens. Well Peter Grant Jr. Love mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of your work tonight, by the way. It's outstanding performance uh, on Beat the Pundit, and he's stolen. Great matters working wonderfully well. Of the night. Now, I'm delighted to say we do have a winner. We picked it at random, and the winner is Gordon White. Well done to you, Gordon. Keep an eye on your DMs. We're going to set you up with that football survival pack thanks to Thompson's, the beer fridge, the beers to go in it, the pies, the ball all the rest of it, everything you need to enjoy watching the games at home. Jim Duffy? Yeah, no, can I just uh, quickly, just a, a wee shout out to the Police Scotland Youth Volunteers who had a wee kind of uh, video call with them this week, the uh, well, Teams or mm-hmm. Zoom, so I just wanted to wish them all the best and it's a community police programme, so doing it at Dumbarton and Clyde Bank, so... All the best to them And uh, had a, a good wee chat With uh, all the young people there uh, During the week Do you know the funny thing About that as well Hugh Jim was telling me earlier They asked mm-hmm. to see if, if you would maybe Go on at some point yes. But we, the, Jim had tried to explain to them That you having to work Zoom mm-hmm. Or uh, Teams Or anything <laughs> like that Would be an absolute <laughs> recipe For disaster Well listen I, I long for the day When I can join you And Jim <laughs> Duffy In the studio uh, I have to say In the land of shout outs A shout out to Mrs Keevans I mean oh? Mental health now I mean She's been stuck with me for seven weeks now in this house. Can it's Valentine's Day and Sunday. Oh, 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 any big plans? Uh, no. <laughs> You're an <laughs> old romantic. Is dead. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you, Hugh Kevens and Jim Duffy, for joining me, Gordon Duncan. Really busy on the phones as always. So thank you so much for everyone who tuned in. We are back tomorrow. I'm looking forward to tomorrow. Always an interesting show on a Saturday afternoon. So we'll do that from two o'clock. And in the meantime, stay right there. GBX Fridays are up next.
Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. For an unpredictable world, talk to Thompson's.com.